0: Dogs are an important part of our lives. That means protecting them from parasites. Ask your vet about NexGard Plus, a foxoliner, moxidectin, and pyrantal chewable tablets. NexGard Plus chews provide one-and-done monthly protection against fleas, ticks, heartworm disease, roundworms, and hookworms. Plus, they're delicious and easy to give. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Ask about NextGuard Plus Choose. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a
1: great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let TrueGreen do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com. T R U G R E E N dot com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of For the Love of Sport. We have another wonderful bonus episode for you uh, with the many people that we talked to at the USC convention. This one is with Jen Ireland, and what a top tier person <laughs> that was to interview. Am I right, Marie?
2: She was. She was fantastic. I know we're I'm, we're looking back now. That was in January, but I know. she left a lasting impression on me. I'll say so. You're in for a treat, uh, dear listener. I must. I must say, but we also have promised mm. our good listenership to a dedicated opening segment where we talk about women in sports who have made an impact on our lives. And so I have mine. Are you ready, Simon? Do you have do you have yours? Second week?
1: I do have mine, yeah.
2: Mine, I'm going – last week I had Mia Hamm, Blast from the Past. This week I'm going with the one and only Simone Biles. I think this goes without saying. She is the GOAT. She is amazing. Uh, the stuff she did not only like in her sport but outside of her sport advocating for like taking care of your your mental well-being um, even when you're at the highest stage in the Olympics it's super mm-hmm. uh, it's inspiring for sure. Uh, so she is my she is my second week women's history women in sports call out wow. Simone Biles.
1: I mean okay if you're going to go with the go to gymnastics I'm going to go I'm going to go with the go to tennis. I'm going to go with Serena Williams. Well, done. not and not a one up by any means, because again, they're all they're the greatest in their crafts. I would just say, like, to follow the historic precedent that Venus had, and then to make it her own, to be beyond that, just an entrepreneur and a and a business owner, and then continue to be dominant after giving birth and being a mother, and then still yeah, dominating. That,
2: that. They, I mean, we should have a whole segment around that too.
1: We should. <laughs> we really should. That's that deserves all the applause in the world. Yeah, I think that's a solid duo right there Biles. that's a fantastic
2: yeah for sure yeah reminder Women's History Month we love to see it we're going to be celebrating women in sports who have made an impact in our lives but we've got a ton of other content on SportsEngine.com, NBC Sports on her turf all the wonderful places that you know and love dear listener but without uh, without further ado shall we uh, bring on our
1: guest let's kick it off
2: She is a mental skills coach and founder of Expand Your Game. She is here to drop some serious knowledge on all of our listeners. Jen,
3: welcome to the For the Love of Sport podcast. Hey, thank you so much for having me here. I'm really excited to be here. (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh, Jim, thank you so much. we'd like to start out really by just like talking about the great connector that we all have here, which is just the foundation of play and the youth sport experience. I mean, really what this podcast is really geared towards. Can you talk to me just about your own experience of just playing sports as a kid?
3: So my experience might be a little different than others, but um, enjoyable, right? When you start out really fun, great, mm-hmm. uh, just camaraderie, all the things that draw us all the youth sports, right? And this, this will tie in later to how I got where I am now. But I think that one of the things that sticks out to me uh, about my youth sports experience is kind of the mentality that I had when I was in it, especially during the high school years and kind of what drove me to what was kind of driving me when I was playing. I had a lot of time spent focusing on really wanting to belong. And I got kind of wrapped up in like the toxic perfectionist Mm. pieces that really come into play. So while the beginning of my youth sports experience was all about fun and everything, it's great, right? High confidence, like you fall over, you get up, you keep going, you know, just all that great stuff. It kind of got overshadowed in the later years by this like heavy mentality that kind of can come over our play and taint it a little bit. Yeah. It's actually what has led me to where I am now because I know that it doesn't have to be that way. No, it's a, it's a great point of,
2: you know, when you're, when you're young, you don't, you don't know better, which is the beauty of being young and in sports and you're just there to have fun and enjoy the time outside or indoors, whatever your sport kind of leads you to. And you just mentioned and and made a note of it kind of sent you on your path to where you are now and, and kind of doing the things that maybe you wish you had and imparting that into the, you know, the kids that you work with. Do you maybe want to talk about kind of what you do as a mental skills coach, what that looks, who, what kind of people you're, you're working with and go from there?
3: Absolutely. To tag on to what we were just talking about a little bit and then leading into that, one of the things that I work with when I'm working with my players, I really try and get them to find that space where youth sports be- went from being, you know, rainbows and sunshine <laughs> to uh, yeah. a little bit of a pit. Yeah. So, what has gotten me to where I am at is that I spent as an adult while I was coaching. I had a lot of stuff come up in my personal life and I really dove into personal development, self-improvement, this whole kind of, you know, side of things that we all start self-discovering as we get older. And as I was coaching players, uh, youth players at the high school level, I was noticing that a lot of the things that I was working on in my personal life could be tweaked and applied to the context of soccer. And not only did it help enhance performance as a collective, but they were just responding really well to that like character development piece mm-hmm. that doesn't come in a lot. So what I do now is I work, I'm a mental skills coach and my work falls into kind of two categories, enhancing performance. Cause we all want to get better at our sport, right? We want to get better at soccer, whatever we're doing, but it also falls into the category of well being. Mm-hmm. And I think that one of the great things about the work that I do is it, really allows players to see their worth beyond the bounds of their performance, Mm. which is really at the, you know, just at the base of not only playing better, having more fun and just enjoying the ride and seeing it as actually seeing adversity as what gets you towards success. Yeah. So, yeah. So I work one-on-one with players, females, uh, normally middle school, high school, collegiate ages. I have a program called the Mindset Mastery Academy, which is like kind of an intensive 10 week dive into all of these different topics that range from, like I was saying, like actual tangible tools Mm -hmm. on the field, things that you can go out and do this Saturday to help you play better. And then ranging all the way through just many of the pieces of character development, exploring and reframing limiting beliefs and really working to help players know their why and create some authentic drive and motivation and that type of thing. That's the main piece of what I do. I'm also a past journalist by trade. I'm a really big content creator. I do a ton of writing, create a ton of free resources and I write for myself. I write for everybody out there and just kind Mm -hmm. of, help in a way where players and coaches and parents can use those things and hopefully just trigger them towards a different way of thinking, introduce them to new topics, just kind of explore things in different ways. Those kind of the two things that I do.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And you just mentioned, I know in our previous conversation you mentioned it as well about how it's so important to help, you know, young, the young female athletes that you're working with, you know, create or find their like inner beliefs and inner coach and like how they can unlock that
3: within themselves. Can you maybe talk a little bit more about that idea and concept? So a lot of the work that I do is helping players move away from a full dependency on external validation. So while we all love to, you know, be told good job or be complimented, (laughs) like that stuff's all good, but we really work towards seeing that as bonus, as extra and working on building our own confidence and creating you know doing our best so that we can help ourselves be our own best inner coach so that whenever adversity comes up because that's the thing you've got you know elite athletes at 10 years old now they feel pressure expectations They live in this world of comparison culture and they, nobody talks about it, but they also don't really realize yet that that's a piece of the game. Yeah, If you want to be play there. all the way through college, yeah. up through pro national team, whatever you're playing at, you know, all these high levels, that's going to be there. How can we get you the skills now so that you can cope with whatever comes along? Because when we can move away from the dependency on external validation then we really can get to a place where we can actually build true, stable, deep confidence and belief in ourselves. Because I mean, you know, we have a lot of well-intentioned parents and coaches who will say, and this always gets a laugh from the players, but they're you're so good to their child. You're so good. Just be more confident. And the kid is thanks (laughs) mom and dad. Oh, that's all it takes. (laughs) So, I mean, you know, players always laugh when you say that because it's spot on. It's Yes. And it's well-intentioned, but we don't know how to teach confidence. We don't know how to do that. And much of it is just having difficult conversations because I mean, a lot of the players that get NCAA athletes and get to collegiate levels, right? NCAA, they uh, just haven't had the experience to talk about some of this stuff before. You know, if you start it young and, and, you know, younger kids can have these conversations. It obviously has to be tweaked into the context of what they're dealing with, but they're just so much more prepared. You can't yeah. unlearn self-awareness. <laughs> no, definitely.
1: Yeah, it's, such, it's such a good point to really kind of drill those in early too, because it's it just kind of drills into the, the normalcy of it, you know, like having those conversations. And then it helps like compound on top of itself of, you know, being more confident, not needing the external validation. And are we doing a good job, by the way? Is this good? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> tell me tell me. See what job. I did there? I went for external <laughs> validation. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Uh, but... It, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask, actually, about you know, you talk about um, taking it to that high level and being at a high level coach, and and you had mentioned previously about how you know your superpower is taking a lot of complex notions and ideas and and things and really breaking them down in a very simplistic manner. And I'm wondering if you know you can talk to that and even you know provide an example or if there's like a framework you kind of have in your head of how do I explain this sort of concept to a ten year old?
3: So, this has carried this way of. Kind of being has carried with me through coaching and into the mental skills stuff. But I, I used to be in the mental skills space, you know, I'm not a sports psychologist. So I used to kind of uh, like tiptoe around that, but now I realize that my niche and what I do really well, isn't, I don't need to be a sports psychologist. You know, I'm a coach. I'm a, you know, I've gone, I'm, I'm C licensed coach. I'm on the field with the players. And I, what I do well is I educate myself as much as I can all the time, always ongoing. And then I get to know my players really well and I make it usable for them. So I did this when I, when I was just head coaching youth teams, you know, I did this with tactics as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, just uh, give you a random example. It's not in mental skill space, but pressing like kids don't know what that is. They think it's just running around (laughs) like when you get, when I got really invested in learning like the tiny little nuances yeah. of, you know, you know, staying connected and keeping the space equal and, you know, someone in the back like directing traffic yeah. and that type of stuff when you just get into the nuances of it and then you explain it to a way that they understand, they actually get excited about it mm-hmm. and then they want to learn about it and mm-hmm. then they actually go out and do it mm-hmm. much better because they've owned it. So with mental skills work, I think that what I have done well is come up with a set of tools that generally works for everyone because these are all shared experiences, but then I tweak it per player. I mean, the most common one that I use all the time is what I call controllable objectives and instructional Mm self-talk. And this is a good one for parents and players because it can kind of be used in joint. But the overarching idea is that players choose goals and objectives that are completely controllable in a game. The most simple one would just be scanning or checking the shoulder or head on a swivel, right? You know, coaches are always telling you to do that, but if you don't actually do it, you know, that's something you can control. No one can stop you from doing that. Mm -hmm. So if you go into a game as a player with that intention to do that, and then you use a piece of self-talk to help trigger to do the action, it might just be what's behind me, what's behind me, what's behind me. So the player goes into the game doing that. And then the parent knows that that's what they're trying to do. So the parent watches for that from Mm -hmm. the sideline, not for wins, not for losses, not for goals, not for this, but they watch for their kid, you know, looking behind them and trying to figure out what's around them. And then the first thing they say when the kid comes off is, Hey, I saw you do that thing that you said you were going to do for yourself. That's Mm -hmm. amazing that you did that for yourself today. That is an automatic check that will help the kid build the confidence. Plus Kids playing better. I know it's and fine. Absolutely. And two, so, it's and I love how you brought that example because it's a
2: direct way of also helping parents. Oftentimes, they act always act in the best interest of what they think for their kid. They want to do the best for their kid, and oftentimes they don't. They don't really know what that looks like. Then you see it in: oh, did you win? Did you lose? Did you score? Did you save a goal? When in reality, there's a thousand things happening. On in our instance, talking about soccer, that you just said, like that can be one thing that they're probably, thank you so much for telling me. That's a thing I can look for. And then I can say, great, you did that. And then you're only helping the confidence grow between everyone. And you're giving the parents something that they, then they're going to latch onto that versus latching onto the, the, maybe the not so good things to ask all the time. Totally.
3: And when it's the player choosing to do something for themselves, that's within their control. Mm -hmm. And even if they go and do it, that, External piece, like there's external validation is good in some sense, right? It's just when we get totally hooked on it. But in that case, it reminds the player that, yeah, I did do that for myself. Yeah. So it helps them build integrity. It helps them build belief in themselves, that type sure. of thing. Another really good one for parents is mistakes. Mm. So how, <laughs> how the size, the collective size and the sideline, right? <laughs> when things go wrong. Or the, yes. Yeah. There you yeah. go. The reframe on mistakes for parents is that if your player is going to get better, there is no way that they cannot do that without going through this transition period of making errors so every time they've made a mistake if it's something that they've been working on they're not going backwards this isn't something they need to be side on right or you know like yeah. it's yeah. actually something that needs to be congratulated yeah. Because they're getting closer to mastery. Yeah. There is no world that exists <laughs> where you <went> every- <laughs> that you will get better and master one v ones by doing it perfectly every time. Yeah, it's oh, just yeah. It's not think. So yeah. every time they do it and do it wrong, mess up, they're actually closer
2: yeah. to mastering it. Yeah.
3: So it's a huge mindset shift that is a big one for parents because they help set the tone for that as a coach. It is, it is. And this is the beauty of youth sports. It gives kids
2: a place to fail and make mistakes and hopefully not be like reprimanded too badly. It's a place where they can learn. And if we create environments where they can fail without feeling like the world is going to end, then they can get better and grow. And I guess I, I know your answer to this, but my question is, is that something like as a coach, it's probably not super fun to create environments and practice where it's going to be a little bit challenging and you might make some mistakes, but that's how we're going to get better. And this is going to be like, you're not going to get yelled at. I encourage you to make those mistakes. Is that something that like coaches should continue to do?
3: So I don't know if fun is uh like more or less fun, but I from my perspective, yeah, if you create challenging environments yeah. that almost push their buttons mm-hmm. and push them into the kind of a little bit stressed out, that's training mental toughness in your, in your training session, in your practice. And many players (laughs) (laughs) now I'm thinking about my last team will, will react in a way where they're this is confusing. I don't understand. And just kind of shut down. But as a coach, if you can get them to understand that any time that they are feeling uncomfortable, that's like the money spot. Yeah. (laughs) Because. That's where they can grow. grow. If they can do a whole practice, cake, easy. They're gonna check out, yeah. And also where, <laughs> like, great, you feel like it's, it's, it's this space where, yeah, they leave feeling, you know, good because they were able to accomplish everything. But if that's because they don't have the ability to reframe things as the more challenging things I put myself into. The further and faster mm. it's that error focused training yeah. You're right on the edge, like mm-hmm. you purposely make mistakes. And then, as a coach, you don't want to give them the answers, you want to put them in the challenging environment, and then you want you can guide, but you want them to self discover how to find get their way out of it. Yeah, it. yeah, and that's actually how you just grow in leaps and bounds because yeah. otherwise, it's just get you get complacent.
1: There's a lot to that. I, I love the. The, the reframing of that of like, we're going to put you in a, in a challenging environment where honestly, you're going to experience like failing. You're going to experience like getting a, a terrible call and how you're going to react to it, mm-hmm. right? And I, I love that because it it weirdly reminds me of strength and conditioning. We used to have uh, like failure Fridays, which is where you would do a strength-based movement until your muscles couldn't lift it anymore. And the purpose behind it is so your muscles grow. You have to have that. You have to push to the point where you fail so you can grow. And there's something weirdly poetic from a physical standpoint where that's just how our muscles grow and and they have to fatigue and tear so that they can rebound stronger. And that's really what the intent of that particular coaching is, is to experience that failure, you can learn and then grow stronger from it. And that reframe, as you mentioned too, is just, is critical. It's huge. It's not something that I experienced as a kid. That's something I experienced as, as an adult doing strength conditioning. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean? I wish I had that as a kid.
3: I mean, that's the perfect example. Yeah. So I think the big thing is I, not that exact scenario, but I also didn't experience any of these reframes or conversations as a kid and while they're not always going to fully get everything it doesn't matter it's introducing the sport as more than just the ex's nose right mm-hmm. as these other things and the completely ironic part is that this stuff helps you get better faster yeah, yeah. like that's what <laughs> it's, also, that's, it's also it's also going to that's out mind-blowing yeah. it's yeah. like it helps you get better at a quicker pace than just i mean this is the perfect example the teams that you know, you go to a soccer tournament and they'll be like some team in division four that should be in division one, just crushing all mm-hmm. the other 10 year olds, yeah, like 15 to zero. Mm-hmm. And they go home, it, the, you know, the parents are happy, everyone put them there, the kids are happy because they won. But it's like you held yourself back mm-hmm. this weekend because you, or the, whoever's choosing divisions, like held the team back this weekend because yeah. by putting those crazy high W's in front of anything else, it doesn't become a space where you can get any value out of it anymore. Yeah. Because for example, a team in divisions like that is never going to have to defend. Yeah. So what's going to happen when they play in a, (laughs) against a team, even that's considerably like the same level as them. Yeah. Oh, we haven't had a defend for two years because we've been in this, like division that we shouldn't be in. I mean, I also tell my players all the time, we try and have the mindset of, if you're ever the best player on your team and it's like, you're there for a little bit, you need to, if you're development focused, you need to remove yourself in that environment, find a new team. where you are the worst person on the team? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, sure. Most times when we're all working in the space, it's because we love the game. We love soccer. We want to grow, we want to grow it. And, but more importantly, we want to make sure that kids want to stay involved in sport and in soccer. And we all know there's a super high burnout rate. How does the thing that, you know, you're hoping to impart on, on athletes and teams, um, helping to continue to grow the game?
3: I think the things that are causing burnout are the same. Like if you're looking at a high school, um, athlete, you know, female athlete and rec soccer as they are in, you know, the highest Highest levels of the game and those things are that sport has all youth sport has all evolved around this environment of pressure and expectations, right. And results-based expectations. So that is prevalent in rec soccer as well. And Mm -hmm. the interesting thing about rec soccer is that those girls participating, whether they're like middle school and high school, they're not participating to go play in college. They're not because Mm -mm. they already know that. That's why they're playing rec because it's fun. But the pressure and expectations, that is kind of a cloud that can become a part of it. Even if they don't want it, if you look at the players that are already playing at the elite levels, I think that for them, one of the biggest pieces that mental skills work and specifically one-on-one mental skills work, because there's a lot of stuff you can do on your own, you mm-hmm. can read, you can watch things, you can listen to podcasts, you can do all sorts of stuff.
1: Like this but, podcast here, you can yeah. listen to this
3: <laughs> Like this one. Yeah. Uh, the best thing is to take a deep dive into it. Yeah. In an environment where you're kind of guided to self discover. Yeah. But when you give a player the space to focus on their identity and their character development right next to their soccer, that's where they really have the opportunity to, you know, they're in charge. Yeah. Because they know why they're there. They understand the noise around them. They have the tools to turn it off. Doesn't mean they won't be affected by it, but they can see it coming. They know what to do with it. And then they can decide. You know, I am me beyond a soccer player, mm-hmm. but I'm doing soccer because I love it. They just have more tools and more everything that they yeah. need to actually not burn out. It kind, of, it kind of separates. You can keep the love
2: of the game and what you love about it and kind of handle the other stuff, but you're keeping them closely together. It's like you're never too too far away from the thing that you do love. That's why you're playing the sports or doing whatever is because you
3: love some aspect of it or all of it. When it Um, becomes fun again. Exactly. Because the hard thing is that it starts out fun. You look (laughs) at the five-year-olds running around the field. Like they said, the ones that like like fall over. It's so funny because it's at that age, you don't care about mistakes. Oh, heck no. And everyone's got confidence. Yeah. Like, right? (laughs) Everyone is like like first thing with confidence. (laughs) So it's super fun at that age. And then you move beyond that to like a healthy striving mentality where it's, you understand it all, but you- learn how to deal with it. And then you get to the point on the other side where you are just really good. And you are also having the time of your life and mistakes aren't a thing anymore. You kind of almost revert back to the beginning, yeah. but now you're just real good. yeah. And but you not, also yeah. understand the game really well. You're right? not all just running around together. No. So, so, But you know, yeah, when I'm talking about definitely. like professional yeah, athletes, you can see the ones that enjoy themselves. You know, that they're not getting yeah. hung up on errors. They're just kind of Continuing to go, it's it's this whole like full circle, mm-hmm. like which is a really cool Hi, to see. Cool. Mm-hmm. You,
1: you know, like like I'm going to be very basketball geeky about this, but Steph Curry is the ultimate example of that for mm-hmm. me. Like he is the epitome of putting in so much strenuous work and detail to a painful degree of like where he's learning how to like dribble tennis balls blindfolded and catch them blindfolded, like going through a very incredibly detailed process to the point where it's just break broken all the way down and to the point where it's all the way up now where he's at this point where he's just like shooting a three and just run away like super excited because he knows what he's doing and he loves what he's doing Uh, and that's the level it takes i think that's a really important thing to to get across is if trying if you're looking to be the very 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 best it's understanding how much work and failure and challenge goes into it so your brain can then be free to love and enjoy playing the game.
3: Totally. And he is the perfect example of cuz we talk about perfectionism in sports, it's not always bad. It's it's there's mm-hmm. pieces yeah, of it. Yeah, Steph Curry is a perfect example of the good pieces of perfectionism because yep. he has used it to fine-tune <clears throat> things, yeah, which is what you want to use it for. Yeah. The toxic pieces are the ones that come in that everything you do, you play to not make errors in an effort to belong and feel worthy there's a lot of good pieces and things that come with we've all kind of have our own pieces of perfectionism it's part of culture right we've all kind of absorbed some of that (laughs) no way Um, i got it all i'm sorry (laughs) mrs perfect (laughs) it's the only reason i do this job it's like i keep working on all this stuff on my website, broken things down into what I call a mental skills toolkit, which mm-hmm. is like the steps to take any mental hang up that you're having and go through that. And nice. I've got all kinds of resources awesome. on my website. That's lots of reflection stuff, which is very important in tools to help you gain self-awareness is kind of where you start. So expandyourgame.com. That's all of that stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, f- we will throw that in the show notes. Shout out to that for sure. And now it's time for this or that. Okay. Now we. have now the
3: hard hitting.
2: <laughs>
1: hard hitting questions. The questions that everyone's been waiting for. We got drums going. We got you know people <laughs> on the edge of their seats right now. Shout out to our moms who are <laughs> waiting for this. It's gonna be eight rapid fire questions. Okay. We need rapid fire answers. Okay. No thinking. Got reactions only. Ready to go.
3: Improv. Yeah. Here we go.
2: First one: soup or nachos? Nachos.
1: Couch or recliner?
2: Couch. When you're putting cups away. In the cupboard. Are they right side up or upside down? Opposite of what all the other
3: ones are.
1: Oh my god, you flip flop?
3: (laughs) We are living in a new world here, folks. Not all of them. If they're all upside down then the new one goes in that (laughs) way. I don't Hey, it your... helps It helps with combating perfectionism. It's like right, if, right. If, feel... if you're a chronic bed maker, make yourself not make your bed just one oh, day a month. It will what? drive you nuts, but, but it's healthy. It's good. Sorry, Great. that was a little
2: longer <laughs> that's than that's one word. I, I
1: feel like our listeners also needed that break for, for a second. Like, uh, what? <laughs> okay. Is it pronounced GIF or JIF?
2: JIF. Orange slices or Capri Sun? Orange slices because there's no packaging.
1: Nice. Great choice. <laughs> I don't know. The skin is also a package if you really it's, think about if it's it. It's biodegradable. biodegradable. <laughs> oh, if you're doing yeah. Yeah, slices, yep. okay. The environment here. <laughs> uh, Would you rather score a direct kick or off of a corner kick?
2: Oh, corner kick. Limpio. For the win, would you rather score the penalty kick or save it? Save it. Mm, nice.
1: nice. All right. Let's imagine that LeBron James went for soccer instead of basketball uh-huh. from a young age. He's fully developed now. He's ready to go pro where are you placing him on the field?
3: Striker. Yeah. That's Number been popular. Nine. Yeah, that's, that's been popular. It's, it's, I'm trying to think about that's how gonna, he would play. <laughs> that was a little bit of a
2: break.
1: I mean, sure.
3: maybe goalkeeper.
1: Yeah. We've, we've both. gotten both. We've yeah. gotten both. But you
3: kind of
2: have to think like he's not the, he's not, he picks soccer. So he's not the LeBron James. If that that is know. true. Well, yeah. this,
1: see, that messes but he, does have, yeah, exactly, but he so. does have huge hands. So he, yeah, would that's be still him. Yeah.
3: And I was, I don't know if he could head the ball. I don't know about that's center back. True. I have no idea. So yeah.
2: Also, maybe too much of a liability in the back. You know what I mean. Mm. But you said he's not. I know on it's games, tough. So that's why but I yeah, know. If it's we're tough. talking
1: like comparisons, he'd be he'd be like a completely like strong as heck Peter Crouch, just a deadly assassin on every. He'd be corner good pick. at any He'd, at he'd it be so good. So um. he'd be good wherever he was. LeBron, if you're listening, which we obviously know you are, <laughs> you'd be great anywhere on the soccer pitch.
3: <laughs> we'll take you. Um, yes, you're on the team. Yes.
1: <laughs> uh, thank you. So
3: much,
1: yeah. It's amazing to, to connect with you. I think we could talk honestly for a yeah. long time here. But Jen Ireland, mental skills coach, founder of Expand Your Game. Thank you for being on the Foot the Love of Sport Podcast.
3: You're so welcome. So much fun. Thanks, awesome. guys. Thanks.
2: <laughs> All right. I know we say this after every guest, but wow, what <laughs> a freaking guest! Am I right? How lucky are we? We're just two schlubs out here with know. some mics, and apparently people want to share their wisdom with us. And Jen Ireland was no different. I feel honored Absolutely. that we had the opportunity. She squeezed in some time at the convention to talk to us. Uh, I know you had a particular geek out moment that oh, was yeah. fun to watch you and you and Jen kind of connect on.
1: Repetition. I mean, the the mother of all learning is just, is just that constant repetition. I know that I, I mentioned it, but I mean, knowing the level of repetition it took to get to a point where like it's not even you don't even think about what you're doing anymore as a reflex, like just a free yeah. throw or a shot like that. And how Steph Curry, when he's when he's doing these, these drills, he has to swish the ball, not hit the rim, not he can't he can't <laughs> touch the rim. Can't touch any aspect other than the net itself. And he has to hit a hundred of those before he moves on. I mean, that's just that's the kind of greatness that you know you aspire to, and by all means, I mean find the own areas in in your own life where that repetition can make a difference. But yeah, I that was a really fun conversation to geek out with her about the effect of that. And gosh, she's got a, a huge task ahead of her with NWSL, but it's super exciting.
2: Yeah, I mean, I feel like she's just on the cusp of kind of all these all these awesome opportunities for her, and I feel like she's just gonna. She's going to take off in 2023. We are along for the ride. We are on the Jen Ireland train, (laughs) fully supporting her. And yeah, you can definitely learn more about all all she's doing at the links uh, that we'll drop here in the show notes. Uh, But without further ado, because, you know, we love these nice little uh, transitions. You might need some repetition before you will master this next game.
1: Nice. (laughs) Well done. (laughs) I think that flowed quite nicely. Points. (laughs) Points for you.
2: All right. We've got a new game and this is brought to you Special delivery from our intelligent intern, Mr. Joe Brazonic. I am going to read a quote from an iconic yeah. sports movie. The oh. other player, this being you, will have to select okay. the correct movie from the four options that I will give you. If you select the correct I... movie, one point. I'm glad C, I get the options. Right? I'm Easy. so happy I get
1: options because if I, know. I didn't yeah, get yeah. options, this could have been a real... We,
2: we requested <laughs> options. I think Joe was like, do you guys think you could do this? And we were like, absolutely not, Joe. Who do you think we are?
1: <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pump myself up a little bit here because I'm be pretty sure to. I I could I could dominate some yeah. But requests. then if
2: you want a chance for two points, so one point if you get the name of the movie correct. Okay. Uh, if you want to get an extra point, though, and this is where the, the Rotten Tomatoes uh, tomato meter score comes in each of the movies gets a rotten tomato score on the tomato meter. If Ooh. you can guess this is gonna be so hard. If you can guess, let's say within like five percent what the okay. uh the rotten tomato score was, uh will give you an additional point. So you can get two points for every quote.
1: Okay. I like this. I like this a lot. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. The, so the extra points for the for the percentage. Okay. And I like that. Within five. Within five is fair.
2: Within five seems fair to me. Yeah. Are you ready for your first one?
1: Yes. Quote number
2: one. How can you not be romantic about baseball? Okay, okay. here are your options. Right. A league of their own. B the rookie, C the Sandlot, or D Moneyball. How can you not be romantic about
1: baseball? Oh, those all <laughs> I could feel like it could be feasible right, for all, all of them. Those. This is killing me. I don't think it's the sandlot. It's not C. Gosh. I don't think it's a league of their own. So we've got the rookie or Moneyball. I think it's Moneyball.
2: Yeah, are we locking it in?
1: I'm gonna lock it in. I think it's Moneyball.
2: In his first tomato meter challenge, he's correct. One point. Let's Moneyball. Go. Yes. All right. For additional oh, point.
1: Big. Okay. What are
2: you thinking, Tomato Meter? I mean, that Moneyball movie. is a that was a good Fantastic. movie. Fantastic.
1: That was a great movie, right? Yeah, it was. Um, uh, gosh, I feel like these percentages always surprise me. I know. Um, I'm gonna just I'm gonna go I'm gonna try to play it safe here and go seventy five percent.
2: You went way low. Ninety four percent tomato maker score. Ninety four okay. for Moneyball. I was yeah, trying yeah. to
1: I, I should have just So leaned, now you kinda know the gauge
2: it. ninety-four. Okay, so one point.
1: I, I well right. I didn't do my gauge. I did like I'm trying to think of like all the people. You know what I mean? Not everybody's <laughs> opinions, not just mine. But okay, this is this is good to know. All right. Ready.
2: Quote number two. I'm, I'm Ready? super into
1: this by the way. I think way. this okay, might be up. easier. All
2: right. If you ain't first, you're last. I'm Can't pretty sure we do this
1: without the options, but go I on.
2: I love that this one made the list. A, Herbie fully loaded. <laughs> I haven't heard that movie in years. B, Coach Carter. C, Talladega Nights. And D, The Blind Side. This seems like a no-brainer to me, yeah, but is, yeah, what you got?
1: Talladega Nights.
2: Yes. It's a little shake and bake, baby. Hands down. Well done. All right. Tomato <laughs> the Herbie fully loaded is an all-time inclusion here. Tomato meter score. What you got?
1: me Okay, so nice. this
2: this so is. So Moneyball was because, ninety-four. So yeah, now yeah. you
1: gotta well, Moneyball, a gauge. Moneyball was artistically. Moneyball won an Oscar, done, didn't it? And it was great. It was it was really well done. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that the difference in humor <laughs> and the fact <laughs> that this is more of you know a different kind of movie. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna down the score a little bit. I'm gonna say sixty-eight percent.
2: Very well done. 71 on the tomato meter. Within five. Here we go. So you got one for your first two. Locked in for Talladega Nights. If you ain't 1st your last. You're clearly first okay. in this instance. Okay. Okay. Quote number three. Ready? All I want to do is go the distance. To me, that sounds like it's from Hercules,
1: the Disney I was movie. Say. I can go the distance. I'm on <laughs> it's not my that. way. Yes. I can go the distance. Right. <laughs> Also, what an iconic song. Can we have a a brief break for the iconic song? And actually soundtrack, by the way. Hercules. Yeah. We can't get to sidetrack. That That could be his own episode. Yeah. Yeah.
2: We'll do a draft on all-time Disney soundtracks because I have some (laughs) opinions. (laughs) Here are your options. A, Rocky. B, Remember the Titans. C, The Bad News Bears. And D, Raging Bull. Never heard of that one.
1: All right. I feel like I can go the distance. That is the...
2: All I want to do is go the distance. All I want to do is Is go
1: the distance. (laughs) If that helps at all. You give me the four options again.
2: Yeah. A, Rocky. B, Remember the Titans. C, The Bad News Bears. Or D, Raging Bull.
1: Boy, this isn't... Joe did a great job. Joe the intern. Let's give a round of applause to him for this one. This is hard. I think... I I don't think I'm going to go a perfect three for three here. I'm going to go Rocky... I feel like he, I heard he's it in done Rocky. It.
2: A three for three in his first attempt. This is setting oh. the bar extremely high for both of us. Oh my Just goodness. recognize that. <laughs> All right, well done. Yes. Rocky. Yes. What is your tomato meter guess for Rocky? An all-time Sorry. movie. All-time okay. sports movie.
1: I think even at the time it was really highly regarded. I'll take, I'll, I'll go 90. Flat 90%.
2: 91. Well done. Look at you pretty good at this game
1: just a fountain of movie knowledge i didn't even know it all right <laughs> and a go. fun
2: fact for everyone listening this is not a made-up game that our joe the intern came up with however they're made-up That's questions right. not a made-up game the game is actually a real life thing you can purchase we'll link the stuff in the show notes for you go take yeah. a look uh, essentially yeah you get to do what we just did you draw a card has a quote you determine the movie and then you figure out what the tomato meter score is all in good fun simon crushed it don't try to play against him. You'll probably lose, but find someone with lesser movie knowledge and Godspeed.
1: <laughs> love it. That was that's it, super it, fun. It. That's super fun. Marie, wait, wait, before we go, do you think that we could throw a quote out to our dear listener right now to guess for themselves? So if they send in the movie and the correct tomato meter honor code, by the way, dear listener, no Google, no internet, and send it to us, we can give them a prize.
2: I mean, yeah, here's the beauty of this thing, people that are listening right now. (laughs) Nobody really has, Simon and I kind of just do whatever we want and then we push it out and hopefully people (laughs) aren't mad at us. It's kind of how this works. I think that's a great idea. We're going to do it and we're going to send someone a prize. Honor code. Use your (laughs) Google, not your Google. If you've been to trivia,
1: you know the rules.
2: (laughs) Yes, let's do it. Give it to them. All right.
1: Uh, Okay. Now that's some high quality H two O. Name the movie and the percentage from Rotten Tomatoes of the Tomato Meter, and we will send you a prize. Your people keep showing up, and <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I I hope it just means that we're nice people that we're we're fun to like talk to. And I'm just gonna put it at that.
3: Yeah, um,
2: I mean, rather than
1: read into there's no real quality
2: here. There's no real quality here. It's, they they seem like nice people from a bone
1: every once in a while. <laughs> they seem nice. <laughs> Awesome. You know who else seems nice? You, dear listener. Thanks so much for listening.
2: Thank you. Yes. Thank you, dear listener. This has been another episode of For the Love of Sport. If you have any questions you want to hear if you have topics you want to hear if you have guests that you think would be a good fit for us or if you have the answer to the quote that simon just provided please feel free to reach out to us at ftlos pod at mbc uni that's uni.com and we would love to hear from you
1: for the love of sport is brought to you by sports engine the home of you sports hosts are the magnanimous magnificent marvelous Marie Fitzgerald, and myself, Simon McKenzie. Our marketing guru is Kelsey Irwin. Our captain of content marketing is Rob Our intelligent intern, especially with this game, is Joe Brzonic. And our exceptional sound engineer is Troy Stone. Stay tuned for another episode coming very soon.
2: Bye.
0: Dogs are an important part of our lives. That means protecting them from parasites. Ask your vet about NextGuard Plus, a foxoliner, moxidectin, and pyrantal chewable tablets. NextGuard Plus Chews provide one-and-done monthly protection against fleas, ticks, heartworm disease, roundworms, and hookworms. Plus, they're delicious and easy to give. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Ask about NextGuard Plus Chews.